guys, I'm Kayla. And I'm Amanda, and right now you're listening to Team Wolf, the official Team Wolf podcast. So, for everyone wondering, we did in fact take a trip to Canaan after the last episode of Team Wolf, and it was a bit of a ghost town. A literal ghost town. I don't even think I saw any sign of life there. Okay, yeah, so we didn't actually go to Canaan, but Scott, Lydia, and Malia did on this week's episode of Team Wolf. I am dying to talk about this episode, so let's unpack. Okay, so this episode starts off with Lydia in the bathroom at school looking in a mirror. And before anything even happens, I know this isn't good because one of the, like, most iconic scenes in front of a mirror in Teen Wolf Jackson. is Jackson in the bathroom at school when he's like the the snake comes out of his eye. The, oh, gross. So I know that this isn't good because why why are they showing Lydia in front of a mirror and then all of a sudden out of freaking nowhere oh, a, a, a lady a, a late I <laughs> what? I can't, I wish we were watching this episode together. Because the scream that I let out. I know. I I think I jumped like four feet off of my bed. And my mom was sitting with me and she was like, it wasn't that scary. And I was like, mom, what are you talking about? I can sit next to you and just go, boo. And you'll jump out of your skin. So I know that this definitely terrified you. And then she like, Lydia's like, oh, there's a face in the mirror. Instead of being like anyone else in the world who would literally scream and run away, um, she decides, hey. Maybe I can go in there and like touches the mirror and, and she then she like goes in. She's the mirror. inside the mirror, and now she's clearly not in this year anymore. Also, don't know what year Beacon Hills is in. To be perfectly honest, like I want to say 2017 because happy 2017, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. think that there, time is a not a concept that yeah, I understand. But in this I, show. it's clear that she's not in. The 2000s. The 2000s because yeah. there's some weird outfits and hairstyles that are clearly from back in the day. And she's at a Canaan Day neighborhood block, block party. party. Yeah. And there's this carousel, which becomes something that we see over and over in this episode. And there's blood all over it. And then all of a sudden it's like total chaos as we saw it with when the ghost riders kind of come into the train station and everybody runs away. The ghost riders are like, sup, I don't know what year it is, but here we are. Yeah. They're back. Casual. Casual. And so Lydia sees that this whole like frenzy and she watches as people get taken and vanish. But there's one woman who remains there. And it's the lady from the mirror. The lady from the mirror. And she walks up to the woman and she touches her and there's just this big, loud, banshee scream moment. And then we're back in Beacon Hills. It's just, that was, I um, I was so It's confused. confusing because it's like, is this a dream? What's going on? How did you transport yourself into a mirror? I'm confused. Everyone's confused. And it's just, it's nuts. Um, and then we see this small little clip of like Scott going to the sheriff to tell him about the voices that he heard and says that he thinks it's his son Styles. And like previously, I feel like we've seen Sheriff kind of be on board with like, yeah. I think there's someone named Styles, but he's like, no, he's like, Scott, stop get the it. hell out of my yeah. sheriff station. It's and like, I just want to say it is very, very easy to be in that sheriff station for a long time, as you and I know. Oh, that is true. We once got locked in that sheriff station, not because, we, not because we committed a crime. 
just because we were on the set of Teen Wolf and nobody wanted to hang out with no us. No one wanted to hang usual. out with us. No one wanted to do anything with us. They didn't want to be bothered by us. So they put us in the sheriff station. We spent a long, long time there. And eventually, Lyndon Ashby did show up. Yes, but Lyndon he was Ashby's like, like a second father to <laughs> us. But he was like, Scott, out. Like, no more than two seconds. Thankfully, he did not do that to us. Yeah. Um. So then we find out that Malia has been calling Kanan's town hall, but nobody has been answering. And I just, I had to laugh at that because, like, you called the town hall. Like, what is that? <laughs> Who was really there? What's that going to do? Well, clearly it didn't work. It, yeah, no, it clearly didn't work. Um, And the only map they can find Kanan on is, like, 30 years old. Crazy. So they all decide that they have to drive to what is or was Kanan. And when they get there... They don't hear any heartbeats. Well, Scott and Malia don't hear any heartbeats yeah. because who hears heartbeats? <laughs> and they don't. They can't pick up any sense. It's a literal they, ghost yeah, town. Yeah, they realize it's a literal ghost town. And Lydia also realizes that this is the exact place that she saw in the mirror. But what? So did Lydia not like, was it a vision when she? S- I just want to know how she explained it to the rest of the gang. Because we yeah. can see that scene. And like, wh- did she just go, okay. Um, Scott and Malia, I know things are really weird. We're trying to find this Styles person, and I keep hearing people and seeing people in hallways and hearing trains, but got a new thing for you. I touched the mirror and went inside, and I was in a different town in a different year. That's never happened to her before either, so that's a whole new side of her, like, banshee power that has never been explored but so they're in this new place for real this time and they find a newspaper and the year says 1987 casual like what so yeah fine and then they they spot the carousel and scott steps on it and it starts going and the music starts playing and right then and there i was like horror movie horror movie horror movie there, I, what just like the the, the music that carousels it plays. are creepy no matter what but my i think the funniest thing about that episode that i was i was actually talking to my mom about it was the look on tyler posey's face when the carousel started up was such pure shock that like i almost wonder if they didn't tell, tell him, him that it was going to start up they just kind of did it to get that natural reaction because it was so great and i jumped too i mean or tyler post is just a really great actor i mean he is we we love him um and then malia seems to like go off by herself to explore and she's in front of this house because there's a bunch of houses they're just all abandoned and she sees two dead bodies like mauled dead bodies on the the ground and they're pretty like fresh dead bodies too yeah and she realizes it's her mom and her sister from her adopted family and she's like really pissed about it and like upset about it and like why the hell is that there and we all know that they died a long time ago so like what is going on here and then who the hell pops up theo rakin theo rakin i I had a moment where I was like, you shouldn't be here, but I'm happy you're here. But why are you here? But also, why are we happy that you're here? We have. okay. so here's the thing about Theo Rakin. I know he's he's a villain. He's not a nice character. He's manipulative. He's he's been the cause of many deaths. For some reason, Amanda and I love Theo Rakin so So much. much. And I I think it even goes beyond just loving Cody Christian as a human being. Like, I love Theo. I love just Theo's character. And I think it also, if it wasn't Cody playing it, I don't think it would have the same effect. Because I just think Cody's, like, brilliant in what he does. Where 
what every time we've seen Theo, he can be blatantly telling a lie to someone and they're believing him because like what else do they know? But like I know the truth. I know Theo's lying and I'll still be like yeah, the, you know what, Theo, you're right. You're telling yeah. the truth right now. And it's just because, like, he's really the character that you love to hate. Like, he is. He's, he even is, like, able... I guess he's so good at ma- manipulating that he's manipulating us. But, like, <laughs> man, when I saw Theo, I was so happy, even though he had a gun in his hand and then yeah. shot Malia. Yeah, he's like, is that your adopted family? You should have died, too. Boom. Like, what? And then they, like, sink into the ground, and then she wakes up on the ground, and we, we realize that it was, like, some sick and twisted vision. But, like... Why was Theo the... Yeah. Uh, very, very confusing. And, like, it's clear that she's not the only one that's having these visions because all of a sudden... Scott has this weird vision. He sees his mom. And he's like, Mom, Mom, what are you doing here? And she turns around and her brain is exposed as if her pineal gland was chomped Gross. out of her head. And Gross. He, I mean, another scene where Tyler, he killed it. The look Always. on his face was so sad and it brought me back to the episode where they had to like pretend scott was dead and when melissa Mm -hmm. you know was running through the hospital screaming and crying it just brought me back to that scene and he is devastated and he's in this trance and lydia and malia are like no 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 no, this is not real like the energy here is causing hallucinations and we cannot stay here But then they see this little boy. The first sign of life. Yeah. And it it seems like he's real. He's not a vision because they can all see him. And clearly these visions are like tailored to the individual person. Yeah. And they see this little boy. They decide to chase after him. And I don't know, with the carousel and the creepy music and the people going through the mirrors, little kids are never good. They are terrifying in these sorts of situations. But hey, he brings them to his house and there's there's the woman that Lydia saw in the mirror and she's like, visitors, let me get you some lemonade. Let's get, and it had like stuff that, floating in it. I'm, ugh. That, it's, I know it's rude when you go to someone's house and you, you're like, mm, I don't really want that. And me being a picky eater, I constantly growing up was like, just had to suck it up and like eat whatever was given to me if I was at a friend's house. But that lemonade, like, was so vile looking, and Malia immediately she was like, just gulps yeah, it this. down. I'm like, oh, Malia, you are gonna, you are gonna be feeling that. Yeah. So they start talking to this woman, and we learn her name is Lenore, and she's said that no one has come to this town since April eighth, nineteen eighty seven, and she said that's the day the last of them left. And then she starts to get really, really angry when, like, the gang starts questioning them. Because, obviously, they're not here to sit down and have lemonade with this random mother-son duo. They want answers. And they also know that nobody got up and left. They were taken. And they also know that Styles told them to come here. So there must be some sort of significance. Yeah. And so Lenore starts getting really angry. And everyone's like, this was a bad idea. We're just gonna we're gonna get up and we're gonna go thanks like for thanks lemonade. for lemonade. See ya. And Lenore's like, haha, no. The door slams shut. And now we're really in a freaking horror movie. They can't get out. And she's like, no one is leaving. No one is leaving Canaan ever again. Well, that's not good. My favorite part about this whole situation, though, is that Malia, her sass level is just like through the roof always. And she just looks at Scott and she's like, "Open the door. You're a werewolf." And I'm like, you know what? 
Malia, you're a wear coyote, but I don't see you opening the door. But she's just like so like, why can't you do it, Scott? Yep. Why can't you do it? And they really can't. Like they are they are very much stuck in there. Their powers don't seem to be working. And the reason why it seems like Lenore is keeping them there is because Caleb, the little boy, likes them and wants them to stay. So while yes. um while Lydia decides to sit with Lenore to f- try to tame her, Malia and Scott decide to go see Caleb. Guys, Caleb gave me nightmares. I have never liked horror movies, and I felt like I was watching one. You were being forced to watch one? I was one. being forced to watch one. They go into his room, and his like the floor is filled with water, and the TV is staticky, and I'm like, the girl from the ring is about to pop out somewhere, and I'm having a bit of a panic attack. And he, and puts, he puts in a VHS, and for yes. those of you who don't know... <laughs> a VHS is what we used to use before Blu-rays and DVDs. <laughs> I'm just saying, they might not know. <laughs> I love so me a good great. old VHS, but I don't like that Caleb is putting on a VHS and that it's like a VHS of him yeah, and when he was a, not a kid because it's still him now. And, and he's like, you have to stay because mommy said so, which frightening like no 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 and then they're like well we have to go home and he's like this, this is, is home. home and then the door, door slams and i'm like no 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 I, don't, I didn't sign up for this and then they they realize when they're watching the vhs is that it has the date in the corner and it says 1987 but he looks exactly how he looks now and like malia and scott are not stupid they know that they didn't transport themselves to another year so they're just like caleb what year were you born? And he's like, 1976. And then Scott's like, Caleb, what year did you die? And I was like, what? Yeah, me too. I was like, how, how did, did you? Because I didn't. I'm like, you- he's clearly <laughs> alive and talking. He just is locking you in this room. Yeah. How, and now how do you think he's dead? And now like that they realized it, everything gets even crazier. And Caleb's like soaking wet and the walls are wet and everything's wet and it's going crazy. And Malia, <laughs> Malia's like, I know you're not going to beat an eight-year-old's ass, but I will. And so she goes to attack him, but then she starts puking up water. Which, how were you? Because Katie has a fear of vomiting. My biggest fear in life is throw up. That so is me throwing up. That is anyone else throwing up. It is called metaphobia. It's a real issue. It controls my everyday life. So um, how were you watching this scene? I was relatively okay. Okay. Um, it wasn't real puke. It yeah, was water. It, it was water, so I think I was fine. Yeah. Um, and she starts puking up water. Scott starts puking up water. And then Caleb's like, you're drowning just like me. Now we can be can be friends forever. No. Definitely not. <laughs> Nobody asked for that. Styles, I love you, and I would never say anything bad about you, but why the hell did you send your friends here? Yeah, and so while all this is going on, Lydia's still sitting there with Lenore. and Who's still pissed. Yeah, and she's like, you know, why did they leave? Like, what happened here? And we get to figuring out in the weirdest, like, moment, and this whole, you know, situation is weird, they, ha- they like, have this banshee sc- Screaming they have, like the standoff. It's like a banshee screaming standoff that reminds me of the the beast and the hellhound. I was just situation. gonna say that it reminds me of that painting. Yeah, and Lydia's like, "You're a banshee too," and she, I'm just, I'm very confused. And Lenore's like, "You think I helped them because they brought back my dead son?" And she's talking about the ghost. And, but riders. then it's like, in that moment, I was like, "Wait a minute." 
Claudia is not the only dead person they brought back. Oh, yes. I didn't even think about Claudia. Yeah. So they are, they're talking with the Banshee powers and about Caleb and everything. And she, they both realize that Lenore wasn't taken because she's a Banshee. And so Lydia's kind of like... Yeah, she's basically like, well, you're saved because you're a banshee, so you're not going to get taken. Yeah, and Lydia's like, well, I don't want to be saved. I want to save Styles, and don't let me be the only one left behind. And basically, she's saying to Lenore, you know, you have to let us get out of here so we can save our town and we can save she, our friend. She's also like, you know, you're not alone because you have your son, but I don't have children. So, like, and I, I will, will be, be alone. alone. So, yeah. I think Lenore felt for her. Thankfully, she lets them leave, and Scott realizes that maybe Bacon Hills... (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to go to Bacon Hills. Um, Maybe Beacon Hills is going to be the next ghost town. And then Lydia says something, like, really interesting, and she says that she thinks that when people get taken by the ghost riders, their souls get hollowed out, and then they become ghost riders, which maybe is, like, their souls are living in this train station. Oh, that was a line that really confused me, and I I feel like they it was there, and then it was gone, and I'm wondering if we'll go back yeah. to it again, because we've only really seen three Ghost Riders, so if this theory is true, there should be more of them. Well, it's like we see three at a time, but, like, how do they... I don't know. I, like, are they all the same? You can't tell, because they all look exactly the same. Yeah, so... We're back. Or unless the- they're just building, like, they're trying to build up their Ghost Rider oh, army. yeah. Maybe. I have no idea. All I know is that I, I hate the Ghost Riders. But. Yeah. So we're we're back in Beacon Hills, and we're back to everyone's least favorite but very attractive creepy teacher. Not attracted to him. I got to say, I am not attracted to him. You know, I saw him in person, and he is a really, really good-looking guy. I don't know. Mr. Douglas doesn't do it for me, but here we are with so, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> Mr. Douglas is eavesdropping on Liam and Hayden and they're talking about that plan to catch a ghost rider and their plan involves breaking into the faculty room and they go in and Mr. Douglas is there and he's working on something with a lot of wires and then look I love Liam and Hayden but they were so dumb in this so stupid because I know that like we clearly know that Mr. Douglas is some supernatural weirdo thing and they don't. I'll give them that. But a teacher just caught you breaking into a faculty faculty room. And instead of just being like, oh, sorry, wrong door. Liam's just like, you saw them too, didn't you? The night of the lacrosse game. And it's like, obviously, Mr. Douglas is going to go along with it. Because obviously, Mr. Douglas wants to be involved for reasons unknown. And then Hayden offers to tell him everything about their idea, which is clearly not a good idea. Because you can't trust the teachers in Beacon Hills. No. So they're like, all right, we're going to share the entire plan to catch the Ghost Rider with good old Mr. Douglas, who, let me just say, I assume they don't know him very well because he clearly hasn't been a teacher there for that long. Yeah, so how do you It's like, it's not even like it's their favorite teacher they're going to trust this secret with. It's like, hmm, hmm. He had wires. Let's tell him everything. Jeez. So, jeez, Louise. So they have this plan, and nobody really knows the plan, except for Mr. Douglas. Well, except for Mr. Douglas, and they are in the tunnels where a lot of stuff has gone down. Mm-hmm. And who do they who do they meet up with? It is Kira's mom. <laughs> I've missed that Kira, and 
Kara's mom is like, are you sure you don't want to change your minds? And this is where I'm sitting there and I'm like, change your mind about what? Like, yeah. what are we about I to do? I feel like we missed a huge chunk of whatever this plan is. And she's just like standing there with Kira's sword. And she's like, they're unstoppable about the Ghost Riders. But hey, she gives them the sword and she's just like, once it's done, whatever happens will be your responsibility. And so Liam's like, yep, I got it. And goes to dig the sword into the ground. And as soon as he's about, like he's literally mid doing it which at that point you can't stop Hayden's like wait maybe we shouldn't but nope they do it and who comes back to life well not back to life but back to Beacon Hills Theo Rakin For real this time. For real time. this time, not in a the, vision. The first time was a, a hallucination. Now he is back and he is Which, not you know, happy. But I was like upset when it was a hallucination. I'm like, they brought Theo back for that one sec. I know. But no, they got me there. He's, he's back and he's, he's back. really not too pleased. Not at all. I mean, I guess like if I, we don't really know where he went, but I'm going to call it hell for now. And yeah. I guess if you like just came out of hell. He's very ashy looking. He's a, he's a little disturbed. Still looks great. And he's though. like, where's my sister? Where's my sister? Because that's who he was in this hell with the whole time, pretty much. Oh, did yeah. I that? Oh, well, yeah, yeah because when she, she, grabs she him. grabs him and brings him down. So that's right. Clearly I always just thought with. it was like the girl from the ring. <laughs> It, yeah, it basically, basically was. was. And Theo's like, I'm going to kill all of you for what you did to me. <laughs> Liam's just like, well, you can't do that because we need your power to help us. And then you can kill whoever you want. But if you do kill us, then you're going to end up worse than ever. And then Theo's like, there's nothing worse than what I've been through. But I just think it's funny that Liam's like, you help us? You go kill you whoever kill you want. Because I feel like in Liam's mind, it's like, if you help us... Then we're maybe going to end the Ghost Riders, and then Theo, we've we've dealt with you before. Yeah, we can, we can do that. Now we have this moment that I forgot this was a thing, but Hayden's kind of like, mm. we should send him back. Like, let's send him back. And Theo's like, no, don't send me back. And Liam's like, well, we're not going to send you back. And Mister Douglas is like, you know what? I think you should send him back. Well, because they they basically give a brief explanation to Theo about these like ghost riders in the wild hunt and he's like oh Theo's like yeah I heard a little bit about that with the dread doctors yes now as we've seen who else knows the dread doctors very well Mr. Douglas because he was the man in the tank Mm -hmm. the entire time Mm -hmm. so him and Theo have this understanding that they know who you know I know well, you, you know I don't, me. Well, I don't know if Theo actually knows Mr. Douglas. He gave him a look, I though. just feel like Mr. Douglas doesn't want him to find out. Because yeah. if you look at that thing in that tank, and then you look at Mr. Douglas, well, like, yeah, I, know you, I know you weren't looking at that tank going, ooh, that thing in there is so hot. No, but I, I think Theo had, like, an inkling of a, I feel like There's I something know. something weird. Yeah. And um, so when Mr. Douglas is like, send Theo back, like, Theo starts to panic because he's like, okay, now it's two against one that want to send me back. So he's like, yeah. who's making the decisions around here? Where's Scott? Where's Styles? Styles. Styles. He said, where's Styles? And Hayden's like, you remember Styles? And Theo's like, why wouldn't I remember Styles? Ooh, I was floored. <laughs> Mostly because <laughs> there's this. <laughs> I don't even think I could say it. Um, uh, season five of Teen Wolf 
Christy, who used to run the Teen Wolf account, came across this. Oh, God. This, this Theo <laughs> Rakin style Stalinsky ship video. That we've called, all watched so many times. We've, we've all watched it. We sent it around in the office because it was phenomenal. Phenomenal editing. Phenomenal song. It was called Somebody to Die For. Yep. Just Google it. Theo style. Somebody to Die For. Ooh, I watched it way more often than I should. <laughs> and, like, I've never, like, shipped Styles and Theo. But, like, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, he remembers Styles. <laughs> Theo. Yeah, so <laughs> they've always had I'm this. I'm so sorry, Dylan <laughs> O'Brien and Cody Christian. They've had this relation, not like a relationship, but they've had, you know. A, uh, usually a falling out between the yeah, two. Yeah, and Theo's like, where is Styles? And he seems to be the only person who remembers him because he hasn't been around. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you're not in Beacon Hills, you can keep your memory. And they talk about the Wild Hunt, and Theo's like, well, this can't stick. Like, the Ghost Riders don't stay in one place unless they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And now everyone's like, uh-oh. If the Ghost Riders are stuck, we got to come up with some sort of plan to or else unstick them. Yeah. And um, Scott and Malia see Theo. They ain't happy at all. I love that scene because it's like, why is Scott's house the, the place for everything to happen even when Scott's not there? It's like Scott comes home. He's like, oh, going to have a nice dinner and... What the hell is Theo Rakin doing in my kitchen? Who the hell knows? Um, and also, Lydia realizes in this moment that, like, everyone is going to get taken and she's going to be left by herself if they don't figure this out, which yeah. is, like, really sad. Yeah, and figuring things out, obviously, has been very important to this pack recently, but someone who really needs to figure something out. Oh, yeah, me. Meanwhile, all <laughs> Mama McCall. This. So we saw that Arjun got whipped by a ghost rider, and he's been in the hospital, and he's not getting any better because he has a supernatural toxin in him, and if the hospital tries to operate on him, it might spread, and he might inevitably die. So he's like, I, I can't go in the operating room. I can't come out. You know, I won't come out alive. And Melissa McCall doing the only thing that you could do. She's like, well, I'm sneaking you out of here. Don't you worry, bud. And Arjun asks for nine herbs that combat nine supernatural venoms. But if the herbs are combined the wrong way, it will quite literally kill Arjun. So she has to listen to him, explain what the herbs are, how to do it. But while he's doing this, he like fades out and she has to try to figure it out on her own. And like you see her working the whole time. That's so much pressure. So much pressure. This... (laughs) I don't know why. The first thing I thought about with this was that you can eat, I think it's a like a blowfish or a pufferfish. You can eat that, but if it's cut and prepared the wrong way, you might get like poisoned and die. And that, like, if you're a chef and you're serving this, like, you could be responsible for someone's death if you don't prepare it the right way. And now Things here, I never knew. Thanks for the little update. You're welcome. And you're welcome to everybody else who's ever wanted to eat that fish in your life. And so here's Melissa and she's like, this guy's life is on the line, but if I mix this the wrong way... And even though she has no idea what she's even making... I'm going to kill him. But thankfully... When she applies it to him with a little help from Arjun, because he's obviously dying, he starts screaming, and I'm like, oh, no, we're going to lose, like, one of the last Arjuns. Yeah, oh, God. But, nope, he starts screaming, and then the wounds disappear. So Thank God. Melissa McCall for the win, Arjun's as always. fine. Yes. Now... Final scene. Final scene. Back at the Stalinsky house, because when are we not? And the sheriff is looking at articles while Claudia's, like, falling asleep on the couch. And she he, like, 
she wakes up and she's like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. But we see he's looking at articles about like dementia. Dementia. And he even says to her, he's like, you know, it's just like such a miracle that yeah. you beat, you know, frontal temporal dementia after all these years. And she's kind of just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. I did it. It's fine. But you can tell the sheriff is skeptical now. And she also seems like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And so he's like, huh, weird. Let me go to the hallway that Lydia always goes to. And he goes and he sees where her... The tear in the the wallpaper The tear was coming. And it was clear that, like, someone's coming to fix that soon. Um, And he starts peeling back the wallpaper... And then the episode ends, but he dun, clearly dun, sees dun. something. He sees something. And we, like, see him on the other side. Yes, but we don't know what's on the other side of that wall. Do you know how much anxiety that gave me? I need to know what's on the other side of that wallpaper in the Slinsky house. Well, if it were up to Claudia, as we've seen, you would never find out. But I'm more concerned with the fact that Beacon Hills literally may become the next ghost town. Things are definitely getting wild, and we want to know what you think will happen next week on Teen Wolf. Call in and share your reaction and predictions at 929-26-WOLF1. That's 929-269-6531. And you might just be featured on our Teen Wolf preview show that comes out every week right before the episode. And as always, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Katie, K-A-I-T-I-I-I. And I'm at Mandabear, M-A-N-D-A-A-A-B-E-A-R. This episode of Team Wolf was produced by Michael Law, Kasia Mihailovich, Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and James T. Green for the MTV Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this and all our other shows at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.